Okay. Good morning, everyone. Shalom I hope everybody's having a, a good Yom Tif on the fifteenth uh, day of January in New York City. It's very, very cold, but hopefully, we're going to start warming things up over here. We have an amazing topic today, um, and we have a number of very exciting announcements. Number one, for the very first time ever, we are planning the first Mahon Magan Rakiak convention that will be taking place in Miami, March 3rd to March 5th. We have an amazing sugya, amazing subjects in Hashkafa and Shurim. And we have a very exciting outing planned. So if you want to join us for two days, uh, the price is uh, extremely uh, affordable. And uh, it would be a great opportunity if anybody wants to uh, join us March 3rd to March 5th. You could also join us on our uh, upcoming trip at the end of February. I believe it's February 17th to the 22nd. In the footsteps of the Chida, we're going to be visiting many of the cities where the Chida traveled to Verona, Ancona, Padua, Venice, and visiting many of the Kivrei Tzadikim there, uh, Livorno, and so forth. We have very uh, exciting upcoming Svarim, Bezit Hashem. The next day from the queue is in Lashna Kodesh on Kina Kabanim, which is uh, nearing completion. Baruch Hashem, uh, the writing is complete. We've finished a couple rounds of editing, so it's really nearing completion. If anybody would like to participate in that or in the upcoming art scroll on Lag um, please let us know. Okay, so we have a very exciting topic today. And uh, today we're going to be speaking about a conversation. Let me see if I can how do, I do this. A conversation that took place between Moshe Rabbeinu and Paran. Do this. Hmm. A conversation. Um, that took place between Moshe Rabbeinu and Paran. Let's see. Are you able to see the Maramakim? Could you see the Maramak? Could you see these uh, Maramakim? Okay. I don't know. Let's see if I can make it bigger. Um, no. Okay, we're going to do our best over here. So, after Makas Choshech completed, so Moshe Rabbeinu um, and Aaron Akain were called to Paroi, and Paroi asked of them, said, okay, fine, it's time. You could send out the Bnei Yisrael. You could send them out with their children with their cattle so said no we're not going to leave anybody here we're going to take our cattle with us we don't know what we need to do until we get there and Paro said really and Paro hardened his heart he didn't let them go 
And Paroi says to Moshe, get out of here. I don't want you to ever see my face again. On the day that you see my face, you're going to die. And Moshe said, you're right. Good gezakt. I will not see your face again. And Rashi comments, Yafa Dibarta, you spoke well. Bismanoi Dibarta, you spoke at the right time. The truth is, I'm not going to see your face again. So the question is, why is this uh, debate? What's this conversation taking place between Moshe and Paroi? Why does it revolve about, around seeing Paroi's face? Paroi says, you're not going to see my face. Moshe says, you're right, I'm not going to see your face. Why the emphasis on the face? Moshe should say, or Paroi should say, I'm not going to see you. Or uh, you are, you are going to say, I am going to see you. You're not going to see me. Why the emphasis on the face? Okay, so when Bnei Yisrael left Mitzrayim, we know they uh, they didn't have time to let their bread rise. They had to go out right away. And we have a tradition from the Arizal that the reason for the haste was Klal Yisrael had reached the ebb. Klal Yisrael had reached the brink of the point of no return. And how we, had we remained there a moment longer, we would have fallen to the point of no return. And I don't know about you, but I, I would call that play, um, they're playing it a little bit too close for comfort. No? I mean, imagine if you're playing, a, you know, La Havdil. Um, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let my guard down a little bit. So over this uh, weekend, I, uh, our whole family got together for my in-laws 50th anniversary and we all got together, and in the place where we went, there were ping pong tables. Okay, so I was playing against my son ping pong, and I was taking it easy. You know, I didn't want to come out and beat him eleven nothing, even though I'm a very competitive guy. So I, you know, I let him hang around. The problem was, you know, I let him hang around a little bit uh, too close for comfort, and he got ahead of me. I think he was up like ten to eight, and uh, I, I had to sweat a little bit until I I won the game, Baruch Hashem. Otherwise, it would have been a disaster. But, um, you know, I made a mistake. You have to be very careful. You can't let them hang around until the end. You never know. There could be an upset in the last moment. So, oh, here it is. So it's the same thing with um, Mitzrayim. I mean, why is Hashem letting us hang around until, oh, we're up to the final second. Okay, then he'll take us out. I mean, that's getting a little bit too close. You don't think he could have taken us out at the 48th level? level so we didn't have to sweat it I mean, why did Hashem have to allow us to sort of fall to the uh, 49th level of Tumah and go out just in time now when Bnei Yisrael stood on the Yom and the Mitzrayim ran after us Moshe Rabbeinu said you see Egypt today, you'll never see them again. Again, what's the emphasis on seeing them again? Christ will worry that the Mitzrayim would catch us and we they would kill us. So Moshe should say that Hashem said, don't worry, I'm going to save you. Why the emphasis on you'll never see them again? And then what's most interesting 
is that when Hashem sent Moshe Rabbeinu to tell Klaiso about the Gula, he adds, I will give your charm in the eyes of Mitzrayim. And when you go, you will not go empty-handed. You Each woman should borrow from her neighbor and from her friend gold, silver, garments. And you will empty out Egypt. What does it mean, empty out? Targum says, means you will empty them. You will make them rake. Furthermore, the Balaturim says, it's like a uh, like a a pond that has no fish. Again, why why the emphasis on why the emphasis on um, uh, the emptiness of Mitzrayim. One second, let me see if I could get something up. Why the emphasis on the emptiness of Mitzrayim? No, this is not working. Okay. Why the emphasis on the emptiness of Mitzrayim? So, let's introduce this topic with a phenomenon we encounter in many, many Gemaras. Gemara Brachos, Adaf, Nun The Gemara tells us about Rav the Gemara says that Rav Sheshet would look at a certain Russia and the person became a pile of bones. How exactly did Rav Sheshet kill this individual by looking at them? Rav Sheshet was able to kill someone merely by looking at them. So let's introduce today's topic with the words of the Archaim HaKadosh on the Pasuk, Vayavorech Oisam Eloikim Leimar, Pru Uravu that in order for anything in this world to exist, to have vitality, whether it's an, uh, an inanimate object, whether even if it's a Dabar Tameh, every single thing in this world, in order for it to have a life, in order for it to have vitality, it has to have a spark of Kedusha. The spark of Kedusha is, so to speak, it's Neshama. Even the Klippa, the Klippa, the shell of Tuma, it nourishes from Kedusha. Otherwise, it has no vitality, has no life. So that's the life source of everything. Even the table that you're at, even the chair you're sitting on, the walls, everything in order for it to exist, it has to have a spark of Kedusha. And the Rachayim HaKadosh in Parshat Vayichi, Tarakmam Kes Pasuk says, the root of all the souls of the Tzadikim in Adam HaRishan, 
Darachayim HaKadosh says, all the tzaddikim, all the nefashas, the tzaddikim, were in Adam Arishayim, and when Adam Arishayim sinned with the Yitz Hadas, all of these sparks sort of uh, got captured in the Tumah, and they're trapped. So when Adam Arishayim sinned, many, many sparks of Kedusha got trapped all over the world. And they need to be freed, they need to be rescued. How can they be freed? How can they be rescued? Sometimes by learning Taira or by doing mitzvahs, it draws these sparks that became uh, captured or kidnapped um, in the Kipa. Sometimes when a tzaddik or tzaddikas is lives with a Russia, it is able to extract these sparks of Kedusha, like when Dina lived with Shrem ben Tamar, and the soul of Rabbi Akiva was extracted, or um, sometimes by the by by Gentiles converting, it's able to bring sparks of kedusha back to the Jewish people. So the Archaim Hakadosh says that there are many different processes with which we're able to redeem these lost sparks of kedusha. But there is this concept that throughout the world. There are sparks of Kedusha that mixed into and became spread all over the world from the sin of Adam Arishai. And many of these Geirim that come to convert are from these sparks of Kedusha, most notably Avraham Avinu, or Rus Hamoyabia, or Shmaya, or Avtalyon, or Unklas Hager. All of these are from the sparks of Kedusha that fell into the Tumah because of the sin of Adam Arishai. And it's very interesting, the Rav Gedal Yashur, the Rav Gedal Yashur, brings from the Arachayim HaKadosh, the reason why we're in Golas, the reason why you're in uh, Queens, or you're in Muncie, or you're in Miami, or you're in Florida, or you're in Brooklyn, or you're in the Five Towns. Why are you not in Yushalayim? Why are you not in Hebron? Why are you not in Tavar? You know why? The job of the Golas is to collect these sparks of Kedusha, and the Gula will not happen until all the sparks are collected. And that's why you have um, a phenomenon where whether whatever country we may be in, whether we were in Germany or France or England, we could be there for hundreds of years. And then overnight, we have to leave immediately. And they say, don't even... Uh, don't even pack your bags. Immediately. You can't even stay for a day. Well, what is this phenomenon where Klaus could be in Agolus for many centuries and then overnight we have to leave immediately? The answer is we have a certain uh, time frame that we need to be in the Golas. And that is to be able to collect all the various sparks of Kedusha. But when that moment is up, and we, then we have no business there anymore. We have nothing to do over there. We've, we've depleted all the sparks of Kedusha. We've completed our task. We've finished the job. And now it's time to move on. This, says Argadayo, explains the phenomenon, the suddenness with which we often have to leave the ghosts that we're in. And in this manner, the Chassam Soifer and Parshas Bahaloyska explains the words of Maishraveno to Yisrael when he's trying to persuade Yisrael to come with B'nai Yisrael, Paris Yisrael. So the Chassam Soifer says, 
that he has a tradition from his great Rebbe. Who's the Chassam Sofer's great Rebbe? Rav Nassim Adler. That Hashem sometimes brings a tzaddik that he should take a certain road, a certain path. You ever wonder why people have ways today? Why ways? Because sometimes, you know, the location is a little off and it takes you in some kind of backward street in the other direction and you go into this bad neighborhood. If you never had ways, you might actually get there in a timely, straightforward ma manner. But now the, you have no idea even what country you're in, completely reliant on the ways, and it takes you to some off-road, back road. Why is Hashem bringing you there? Why are you going there? The answer is sometimes Hashem brings a tzaddik to a certain location to pass by a certain tree or a certain mountain because there's a spark of Kedusha there that nobody ever was able to rescue or redeem. And that's why you should come with us on all of our trips because we have a lot of uh, sparks of Kedusha that we're collecting and, you know, you want to be part of it. Um, but all kidding aside, the Rav Nassim Adler says that a person's journey in life and the various places where sometimes the person doesn't even know themselves why they needed to go there. There's always a reason. You need to be at that rock or at that tree or on that mountain or in that valley. There's some kedusha there that you need to rescue. You're going to go there. You're going to say a dvar You're going to say a bracha. You're going to daven. You're going to do a chesed. And you're going to release that spark that's been waiting for you for, for a very long time. So Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to persuade Yisrael that he needs to come with them. And this was a sign to Yisrael that, that they will be bringing close the various gerim um, because the function and the purpose of converting people who want to join Judaism is for the very same purpose as the journey Kali Yisrael was on to be able to uh, bring in these sparks of Kedusha. Ah! Comes the Hafla. And the Hafla teaches that the primary reason we were in Mitzrayim was for this purpose to bring out all the sparks of Kedusha that were immersed in the Tumah from the time that Adon ate from the Eitz Hadas. And that's why when the Jewish people left Mitzrayim, we took with us all the sparks of Kedusha that existed in Mitzrayim. However, we did not finish the job until we reached the Yamsuf. And at the Yamsuf, the Mitzrayim ran after us and were able to collect all the sparks of Kedusha. This, says the Hafla, was the Rechush Gadol that Klai Yisrael left with when they, uh, when they left Mitzrayim. What was the Rechush Gadol? All the various sparks of Kedusha. In fact, the Hafla gives an amazing remez that if you take the number 70, which are the number of souls that went with Yaakov Vino down to Mitzrayim, so if you add 70 to the word Rechush Gadol, 70 plus Rechush Gadol is Parlat, 639, which is the Gematria of the Eitz Hadas. Because the 70 souls that went down to Mitzrayim took all the Kedusha that fell there because of the Chet of the Yitzhadas, and this was the, the Rukhush Gadol that went out with them. Now, we know that Chazal tell us, Greater 
whereas the plunder that we took out of the sea, that then the plunder we took out of Egypt. And the Haplot says, this also alludes to the fact that the sparks of Kedusha that we're able to extract at the sea was greater than the sparks of Kedusha that we that we took out of Messiah. Comes to Abdullah's turn, he says, now we understand why in the end of the bondage in Egypt, it was decreed on the Jewish people that they should not be given any straw and they had to scatter to get the straw. Says Rabbid al Why were we in Mitzrayim? To gather the sparks of Kedusha. The problem was it was taking a very long time and had we remained there any longer, we would have fallen to the point of no return. So Hashem needed to speed up the process. So he had the Pharaoh order that not only do we have to make the bricks, we have to gather our own straw. By gathering our own straw, we had to scatter all over Egypt. And by scattering all over Egypt, it, we were able to expedite the process of uh, gathering the sparks of Kedusha. And that expedited the dollars. So Kla Yisrael thought, Rebun Shalom, why are you doing this to us? Why are you making us work harder and travel to collect the straw? And But from the Rebun Shalom's vantage point, he was assisting us in expediting the process. So actually, you know, by coming with us on our trips, you're actually expediting the Geula. Because, uh, you know, the Archaim HaKadosh says there are two processes of gathering in the sparks of Kedusha. You could learn Torah, you could do Mitzvah, and if you're on a high enough level, then the sparks of Kedusha will come to you like a magnet. But sometimes, says the Archaim HaKadosh, you got to go there to collect the sparks. But this is, so to speak, like a uh, somewhat of a mystical way of understanding the dispersion and the scattering of the Jewish people throughout the world until Mashiach comes. The, the Sam Soifer, interestingly, in Parshas Balak, uses this approach to explain Makas Hashem. These sparks of Kedusha allow there to be a certain illumination in our surroundings. What, what brings light, what brings illumination, are the multitude of sparks of Kedusha in everything that exists. But says the Chassam Soifer, as our stay in Egypt was coming to an end, and we were really doing a good job gathering all the sparks of Kedusha, and now the sparks of Kedusha are almost depleted, that is what uh, caused the plague of darkness. So now that we've gathered so many sparks of Kedusha, so now now everything is, uh, there's a major blackout. And the Chassam Soifer uh, quotes his Rebbe the Hafla that this is the reason why Moshe would gaze at the face of Paran. I, the Gemara Megillah and Dabchavcha says it's Asr to Mestaka on the face of a Rasha. Says the uh, Chassam Soifer, Moshe Rabbeinu, by gazing at the Pharaoh, he was extracting from him any sparks of Kedusha that were in Paran. So now, really inherently it wasn't permitted for Moshe Rabbeinu to look at Paran. He only did so to remove the sparks of Kedusha. So when Paroi said, I don't want you ever to see my face again, Moshe says, that's right. I think I'm done with you, Paroi. I'm not going to be looking at you ever again. By the way, that flood continues, and he says that this explains what the uh, Eitzah of Bilam Harasha was against the Jewish people 
that Bilam knew that in Maya, the nation of Balak, there was a spark of Kedusha from which would come Rus and Naaman. And as soon as Kaisa would sort of extract that spark of Kedusha, then Mayav would cease to exist. As we've learned, when that spark of Kedusha is uh, extracted, then the entity can no longer exist. So Bilam Harashi says, I have a great idea. If you if you're Mazana with Kaisa, then many, many more sparks of Kedusha will mix into Mayav, and it will prolong the process of Klal Yisrael gathering the sparks of Kedusha that are mixed um, throughout uh, Maya. Now, Chassam Soifer and Chassam Soifer HaChadash explains further how it was mutter uh, for Moshe Rabbeinu to gaze at Paroi, if in general it is Asr L'Sakel B'Fnei Rashi. Says Chassam Soifer, the reason why it's Asr to look at the face of a Rasha is because looking at it minimizes one's debacus and connection to Hashem. Because by looking at the Russia, you connect with the Russia. But when a tzaddik gamor is mistakel b'fnei Russia, just like a large fire, you put a small candle next to it, it will suck out the small fire, extinguish the small fire. If you put a small flame next to a big fire, the big flame will engulf the small flame and the small flame will go out. So when a tzaddik looks at a rasha, the big fire, the great conflagration of the tzaddik will consume the small little spark of Kedusha that might be in the rasha. And this is the phenomenon of sometimes tzaddikim will look at a rasha and they turn into a pile of bones. Why is that? Because they had some little spark of Kedusha, but when the Tzaddik looks at the Russia, the great fire of the Tzaddik engulfs the small flame of the Nipsitz of Kedusha that's in the Russia, and the Russia ceases to ex exist. Samsurfa continues, this was the purpose, this was the reason why Klai Yisrael took out all the money of the Egyptians. Because there were even sparks of Kedusha in the Egyptians' money. And by taking out all the money, Klal Yisrael literally left Egypt empty. They emptied out Egypt completely. They emptied it out like a pond without fish. Therefore, says Achsam Soifer, Moshe Rabbeinu, and this is all the Achsam Soifer HaKadash, Moshe Rabbeinu was uh, commanded to go to Parai because in Paray, there were a lot of sparks of Kedusha. In the Melech of Mitzrayim, there were many, many sparks of Kedusha. And only someone on the caliber of Moshe Rabbeinu was able to extract it. Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu says, I will not look at your face again. Because after Makas B'chayrois, Klal Yisrael will have depleted all the sparks of Kedusha Mitzrayim, and then I have no no more business looking at you. I'm done with you. By the way, Rabbi Yonason Ivishitz, um, in Chelek Aleph, Jewish Zion, page Kuf Mem uses this 
principle to explain what Yaakov Avinu meant when he said to Esau, looking at your face is like Tariyas Pneyaloikim Batyarseni. Says the Psalm Sefer, just like seeing the Pneyashkina brings Kedusha to the Tzaddik, likewise, by seeing the face of a Russia, the Tzaddik could take out all the sparks of Kedusha and draw it to himself. Just like in the face of Esau, there were a lot of sparks of Kedusha. Which sparks of Kedusha were in Esau? He had the Kedusha of Rav Meir. Some say even Rav Yakiva. So Yaakov gazes at Esau and he says, he, he says a Lashon of seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. Just like when I would Behold, the countenance of the Shtino would bring me tremendous Kedusha. Likewise, when I see your face, Esau, I'm also able to extract Kedusha. By the way, some Sefer says that's why before Yaakov met Esau, he made sure to send him a gift of money. Why? Because by giving someone your money, you're sending them some of your sparks of Kedusha. So Yaakov Avinu was afraid that if he would have to deal with Esau, it would have a bad hashban. So Yaakov Avinu sent Esav some money. In that money is some of his own kedusha. So this way his encounter with Esav would not harm him. By the way, our Chaim says in this week's parasha that this was the mechanism of Makas Bukhari. How did the dead, how did the firstborn just die? That this was all the process of Klal Yisrael sucking out any droplets of Kedusha that remained in the Mitzrayim, and by removing these sparks of Kedusha from the Mitzrayim, that is what caused their firstborn to die. Because the soul of a tzaddik, from its powerful Kedusha, has the ability and the capacity to remove, to extract the sparks of Kedusha from the Ra, like a magnet. And once the Ra is left without any storage of Kedusha, it ceases to exist. But look, our Tamar says this is the meaning of what the Gemara tells us in Sukkah, Daphne Beis, that God is destined to step the Yitzhahara. How do you step the Yitzhahara? Yitzhahara is not a physical entity. Yitzhahara is a mala. How do you step the Yitzhahara? The meaning is, Hashem will shtak the Yitzhahara by removing any Kedusha that's Mechaya, the Samach Mem, and Mamela, the Yitzhahara will be Misbatam. And in this manner, Hashem smote the firstborn in Mitzrayim. By removing all the Kedusha from Mitzrayim, it was able to extract tremendous, um, uh, it was able to extract their vitality, and that's what brought about, about the demise of the firstborn. By the way, Sam Soifer in his drashas for Shri Shopesa, page Reshai and Dalet, he brings that based on this approach of when a tzaddik looks at a rasha, it could incapacitate the rasha, it could extract from the rasha any kernel of Kedusha. So Kaiso were, were afraid when they saw the Mitzrayim running after them. They were afraid. Why are they running after us? We thought we removed every vestige of Kedusha from them. So, and now we have no benefit. Well, what benefit would there be by 
seeing the Mitzrayim. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, don't worry. You didn't get everything yet. You still have some work to do. Only at Kriyas Yamsuf. Then, Hashem, Reisem, Esmitzrayim, Hayoim, as you've seen Egypt today, you will never have to see them again. If I'm not mistaken, there's a there's a question. We know there seems to be a love of returning to Egypt today. Many times in the Torah, it speaks about a prohibition of returning to Egypt. Now, I'll tell you the truth. We actually had a trip planned for this, this January. We were going to go to Egypt. But um, we did, we, we had to push that off for a different time. But there's a question, are you allowed to go to Egypt today? And the Chidah says that originally they weren't allowed to go back. But once in the times of the Nevi'im already, we find in Yermia, Jews went back. What was the reason you weren't allowed to go back? You can't go back because you finished your job. You have nothing left to do over there. We already got out all the sparks of Kedusha. But once Jews went back in the times of Yermia, they deposited more sparks of Kedusha. So there's still what to do there. Um, because, in other words, because they violated and went back, so there's still what to do there. Now, comes Archaim HaKadosh and Parashat Shemais, Paragimel, Pasuk, Ches, and it's Kedai to, to see this inside. Archaim HaKadosh says, Dvarim Noiroim Advaim. Why did God wait to the last second to take us out? Isn't that too close to comfort? Why God, Why couldn't God redeem us when we're on the 46th level of uh, Tumah? Our job was to take out of Mitzrayim every vestige of Kedusha, every spark of Kedusha. Everything in this world for it to exist has to have a spark of Kedusha. Which means the second level of Tumah, for that level to exist, it has to have a spark of Kedusha. And for the third level of Tumah to exist, it has to have a spark of Kedusha. And for the 45th level of Tumah to exist, it has to have a spark of Kedusha. And for the 46th level of Tumah to exist, it too has to have a spark of Kedusha. If God would have redeemed us when we fell to the 46th level of Tumah, then we would have only been able to extract the Sparks of Tuma, excuse me, the sparks of Kedusha in the first 46 levels. But if we never would have descended to the 49th level of Tuma, we never would have had access to the spark of Kedusha in the 49th level of Tuma. So we both waited until we fell to the lowest possible level so that we could get out every single droplet of Kedusha because everything in the world for it to exist, to be to, for it to be a viable entity, has to have a spark of Kedusha. That's the reason why Hashem waited until the very last moment. The truth is, says Archaim HaKadosh, even the 50th level of Tumah has a spark of Kedusha. The only thing is, God cannot allow us to fall to that level because we never would have come out. And now the Archaim HaKadosh drops the bombshell of the century. Says Archaim HaKadosh. That means really God should have allowed us to fall to the 50th, so we could take out the very last spark of Kedusha that allows the 50th level of Tumba to exist. The only thing is, we can't come out of it. And we can't 
go down to such a level and come up uh, alive. But we will even be able to go down to the 50th level of Tuma and extract the spark of Kedusha that fell over there. And the reason is, what, are we better than the generation that left Egypt? You bet we are. You see, what that generation was lacking is they didn't have the tiring. So they didn't have the nuclear spiritual force to be able to go down to such a subterranean level of Tuma and extract the Kedusha. But the Rebun gives the Jewish people and has given us the Torah. And the Torah can overcome anything. The Torah could go to the most subterranean level of Tuma and bring out the Kedusha even from there. So Rechaim HaKadosh says something incredible. Let's read inside. God vouchsafed from in the future, God will bestow upon us the living Torah of the 50th level. The reason why we were in Sakana in Egypt, if we were to reach the 50th level of Tuma, is because we were not B'nai Torah. But in the last generation, through their Torah, we can even enter the Sharnun and rescue the last spark of Kedusha, the Sharnun. And then Tuma will disintegrate. And that's the reason why Hashem waited to literally the last possible moment until he took us out of Mitzrayim. Because Hashem wanted that we finish the job at least until the brink. And then we will complete the job Hashem, as we near the end of days where even though we look at the world around us and we see how degenerate society is and we see, we ask ourselves, are we any better than Mitzrayim? And the answer might be, we live in a society worse than Mitzrayim. But that should not get our hopes. That should not uh, damp, dampen our mood. That should not get our hopes down. But we should recognize and realize that even though we live in uh, a tremendous tumah, we live in a society where Decency and morality have fallen to unparalleled lows. Nevertheless, we are B'nai Torah, and we have Tarasenu HaKadosha, and that is a force that nothing can overcome, and it is a force that we could use even to extract whatever Kedusha there is in the 50th level of Tuma, and as a Hashem, we should be able to finish the job, then to the Geula, we are the Bizarchat to Mashiach, which is Rashi Tevais Mashiach, Yegala Shar Amisha. Rabbi Sai, have a wonderful day. Oh. And I wish you all. Yeah. Thank you. Rabbi, what hotel is the program Miami going to be at? I'm going to tell you.